0: going to read now from Daniel chapter 9 this is different from what's in your bulletin decided at the last moment this week to push us a bit ahead because this today will actually be our concluding visit with Daniel we have a guest speaker coming next week and then we start Advent so this will conclude Daniel and you know I think we've gotten the gist of Daniel the major themes kind of recur as often this type of literature the themes are hit and then hit again and hit again if you read 10 11 and 12 very similar themes that's what we've been doing Um, and I thought what a good way to end our series to have Daniel prayer Daniel's prayer in Daniel chapter 9 so here is Daniel's prayer In Daniel chapter 9 in the first year of Darius son of Xerxes a Mede by descent who was made ruler over the Babylonian kingdom in the first year of his reign I Daniel understood from the scriptures according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years so I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed. Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes and our ancestors, and to all the people of the land. Lord, you are righteous. But this day we are covered with shame. The people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, both near and far, and all the countries where you have scattered us because of your because of our because of our unfaithfulness to you we and our kings our princes and our ancestors are covered with shame lord because we have sinned against you the lord our god is merciful and forgiving even though we have rebelled against him we have not obeyed the lord our god or kept the laws he gave us through his servants the prophets All Israel has transgressed your law and turned away, refusing to obey you. Therefore, the curses and sworn judgments written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us because we have sinned against you. You have fulfilled the word spoken against us and against our rulers by bringing on us great disaster under the whole heaven. Nothing has ever been done like what has been done in Jerusalem. Just as it is written, the law of Moses, all this disaster has come on us, yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning from our sins and giving attention to your truth. The Lord did not hesitate to bring disaster on us, for the Lord our God is righteous in everything he does, yet we have not obeyed him. Now, Lord our God, who brought your people out of Egypt with a mighty hand, and made for yourself a name that endures to this day. We have sinned, we have done wrong. Lord, in keeping with all your righteous acts, turn away your anger and your wrath from Jerusalem, your city, your holy hill. Our sins and the iniquities of our ancestors have made Jerusalem and all your and your people an object of scorn to all those around us. Now, O oh God, hear the prayers and petitions of your servant. For your sake, Lord, look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. Give ear, O God, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. Lord, listen. Lord, forgive. Lord, hear and act. For your sake, my God, do not delay, because your city and your people bear your name. God always blesses the reading of God's holy word. Come, Holy Spirit. We have so been blessed by your servant, Daniel. Lord, now, as we engage with his prayer, fill us with your spirit. Move in us as only you can. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. Well, again, this is ending a little earlier than expected. I had my COVID scare week, and then we have a very special guest speaker coming next week, which I can't wait to tell you about. And so I'm sorry about the difference in the bulletin from the text, but I hope you can see, I think, why the Spirit led me to end Daniel on this text. The biblical God is in charge of all of history. That is the theme of Daniel. God is sovereign. And there is always more going on than meets the eye. There's a spiritual interpretation of history that we get in Daniel. And this is what continues in 8 and then uh, 9, 10, 11, and 12. It seems fitting to end with Daniel's prayer in chapter 9. He is praying, man of God. Daniel is seeking here to understand what in the world is going on. He's living under yet another foreign king. When we began our journey with Daniel, it was around 605 B.C. He had just been hauled off to Babylon under Nebuchadnezzar. Now it's, they think, around 539 B.C. It's been over 60 years, and now he's once again under foreign domination. The Medes and the Persians have just they Defe- defeated Babylon, sweeping in. Remember, they took they took over, came in under the, they drained the local river, which drained the, the water that surrounded the walls, and they got in. Daniel's trying to make sense of all this. Maybe you can relate. One thing after another, just read the headlines or your Twitter feed or hear people talk. I wonder what your process is of making sense of things when you're under stress. When I get stressed out, sometimes I pray and journal. More often I eat. <laughs> More often <laughs> I watch TV and zone out. Find a movie to dive into. Maybe go shopping, you know, a little shop therapy. Lord have mercy. I wonder what you do when you're trying to make sense of it all, when you get stressed. Lord, Lord help us. Um in all of your good gifts around us. Maybe the best gift of all is scripture and prayer, right? I think that's what scripture itself would say. Daniel goes to the scriptures first to make sense of it. As he does that night, a light goes on. Uh, he tells us, I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures, according to the word of the Lord given Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. <coughs> The scripture helps Daniel understand what's going on. When Daniel and his Israelite countrymen were forcibly removed from their homelands and taken to Babylon, they brought their scriptures with them on scrolls. <clears throat> Words from the prophet Jeremiah were on these scrolls. And Jeremiah ministered between 627 and 527 BC. It's now 539, about 50 years after Jeremiah's ministry. And now Daniel finds a reference to in Jeremiah's prophecy <clears throat> that says the desolation in Jerusalem would last 70 years this discovery must have brightened Daniel's day now he had some perspective so if you're feeling stressed out go to our scrolls go to the scriptures which we take with us in the in our kind of our foreign land right the land of our country the globe which is our home but yet isn't our home isn't our ultimate home Don't settle, when I tell myself this too, Matthew, don't settle for a life not enriched by these scrolls. I think it was Calvin who talked about the lenses of scripture, like putting on glasses, the scripture helps us see. Even just reading statements like the Lord reigns, or even the word kingdom of God, the phrase kingdom of God, right? There's a way that the scripture has a way of kind of setting things in the right perspective even a word or a phrase we can get that in groups we do that here I there's three active Bible studies I'm aware of that I've one I facilitate um, two others I'm a part of which which I love and you can take the scriptures anywhere you go you can memorize them we can go to them in times of turmoil and in the Holy Spirit the scripture helps us find our way after Daniel, Reads his scriptures, then he prays. So I turn to the Lord God, and even that phrase "I turned" it's just so. There's so many things to focus on in a given day, right? Get to the to the to the office, get into your phone, get in your emails, getting your. And I try to put at the top of my do list. I even have them in a different color: <laughs> pray, worship, study. Right, but it's amazing how quickly we can get. That we we go further down the do list, but that turning, that act of just even even that word turn, it's it's active, it's it's intentional. So I turn to the Lord God. Scripture is read, and then He goes to God. Going to Scripture itself, we reminded here is no mere intellectual exercise. Studying Scripture is never just a head thing. In seminary, those of us who've been part of that, we've learned that just because you study a text doesn't mean you've experienced the text. Studying scripture is never just about learning some words on a page. Scripture always takes us into relationship with God. So we're turning not just toward a concept or an idea, but a person, a divine being who wants to be in relationship with God. With us, So I turned, he says, to who? To the Lord. And what does he do? The word. He pleaded with him in prayer and petition and fasting and sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord, my God, and confessed. Well, so evocative here are the words. And sackcloth and ashes, you probably can, you know, or you can probably sense are signs of severe mourning. Daniel continues, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with all who love him and obey his commands. Notice, Daniel starts with God. He begins his prayer remembering who God is. If we're not sure how to pray, start by saying something you know about God. That's where Daniel starts. God, you are awesome. God, you are here. (laughs) Simple as that. Doesn't have to be a lot of fanfare. Then he continues. We have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. And he goes on and on. If we're ever tempted to think we're doing okay in our life before God. We just have to write out the list here of the sins of Israel And just see if one of them doesn't connect with us. Verse 6, starting in verse 6. We have not listened to your servants. Verse 7. We are covered with shame. Verse 8. We and our kings, our princes, and our fathers are covered with shame because we have sinned against you. Verse 9. We have rebelled. Verse 10. We have not obeyed our God or kept the laws he gave us. Verse 13. Verse 13. We have not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning from our sins and giving attention to your truth. Well, if we take a good, honest look at ourselves, we see that this is us. This is, you know, the Bible really is a story about you and me. Maybe we like some of God's commands, maybe we disobey others, we fail to turn away from the stuff that distracts us from God. We don't take the wake-up calls God gives us. For one reason or another, we're covered with shame. And maybe, maybe not just this, but there's one more thing in the text. Daniel is not only talking about himself here. Actually, he doesn't use the word I here at all. He's referring most of the time in his prayer to his community. He's taking their stuff and confessing it. He's taking their stuff and confessing it as his own. Imagine doing this. Imagine the person in your life right now whom you're the most frustrated with, who has hurt you the most, and confessing to God on behalf of that person and using we instead of them. That is what Daniel does here. Think about it. It's stunning. It's stunning that Daniel spends so much time confessing his people's sin because Daniel himself doesn't appear to be sitting very much at all. Daniel stands up to kings. Daniel remains faithful to his beliefs, even the face of lions. And yet, here's Daniel confessing the sin of his whole life. People. Imagine merging the confession of your own personal sins with the confession of the sins of our community. Read the hard stuff in the paper. Confess and seek forgiveness on behalf of those folks. Forgive us, O oh Lord, when we drive drunk. Forgive us, O oh Lord, for the way we kill each other. We kill each other. Forgive us, Lord, for our collective poor judgment on this or that or whatever. And then Daniel shifts. He goes from confessing to boldly requesting. Listen, O Lord, in keeping with all your righteous acts, turn away, turn away your anger and your wrath. Lord, imagine telling God to turn away. And then he says, Hear the prayers and petitions of your servants. He says, Look with favor. On your desolate sanctuary, give ear, O God, and hear. Open your eyes. See the desolation of this city. See what a mess we are. And then he says in the end of these like staccato words, Lord, listen, verse 19. Lord, forgive. Lord, hear and act. It's quite a transition, isn't it? Daniel knew The implications of the sins he had just confessed. He knew the people were unfaithful. Not long after God freed Israel from slavery, they betrayed him. Under the terms of the Sinai covenant, the sins Daniel names meant destruction and exile for Israel as a consequence. Well, Daniel just named all the sins. The original covenant was clear. If God's people obeyed, they would be blessed. If not, they would be cursed. Daniel has just named all the ways the people disobeyed. And now, Daniel, what does he do? He he admits all that and then he goes for it. He prays boldly on behalf of a messed up people and he owns their messed upness. Why does he do this? Verse 18 is the whole thing. He says, Lord, we do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. Mm, There it is. Whatever desolations we bring upon ourselves, whatever our sins and failures and whatever consequences they add up to, whatever we have lost in the darkness, that is never, ever, ever all there is. God's mercy is still there. No matter how good we are in our best days, we fall short in our worst moments. Israel's story of rebellion, of not listening, of being covered in shame is our story. Daniel's whole story really in this whole book we've been studying is an account of what you could call Judeo-Christian realism. It's chock full of consequences for the failures of God's people, even geopolitical consequences for failures. That's real. That's real stuff. And as you get further in Daniel, there are real prophecies about what's coming. You know, There's symbolism and then there's historic realism there too. And the way kingdoms come like a freight train and run over God's people. But Christian realism involves more. If you're going to be really real, you also have to talk about God's real compassion. God's real mercy, which are as real as any consequences. The scripture reminds us of this, Lamentations 3. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Daniel. Pulls no punches. When it comes to consequences. But those consequences. Of our sin. Are met with real love. From the God. Who is large and in charge. The author of history. The supreme Lord of all history. Is a loving. Caring father. And. Into his love and faithfulness. We can repent and request daily on behalf of ourselves and on behalf of our nation, on behalf of our world and any group you can think of. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, God, most of all. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. And all God's people said. Amen, amen.